Good evening, Wisdom Eccentrics by Natchang Rinpoche, chapter 39, part 1. It's not quite time for me to die yet, but I now feel as if my promise has been kept to the point that it will continue to unfold, either with me or without me. Part 4. Tales from Somewhere Beyond Time Part 4 starts with four quotes from Kunzandorje Rinpoche. Scholars are of no importance to us. We do not need such, such tomures. What is important to us is Dhammak, the quintessence teaching. Philosophy is for Tomyors, so why should Natchang Rinpoche have anything to say about philosophy? Why should you have to say anything? Why should we debate with Tomyors? Knowledge that is merely information is useless. It's only the knowledge of direct experience that's important. If you hear the sound of the birds outside, if you really hear them, then you'll hear Guru Rinpoche's mantra. If you hear this way, you will know the result of the development and completion stages, and Dzogchen is possible. These Tomyors with Tengars in their hands and pious faces, what's the meditation they are so proud to speak about? They speak of it with every other Tomyor who will listen. It is only babble. Without contemplating the nature of mind, what is their Druptab? Their reciting gibberish. This is called mantra clinging. This is called making projections and counting discursive thoughts. They're accumulating treachery rather than contemplation and this has no good purpose. There is much that is good in Tibetan culture, but our culture is not more important than Vajrayana. Western culture also is not more important than Vajrayana. You must all know the difference between culture and Vajrayana. Tibetans do not own Vajrayana. Vajrayana belongs equally to all people who are seriously practising in every country. Chapter 39 Introducing Khandrodechen I would like to introduce Khandrodechen. Khandrodechen Seidrup Ropai Yeshe is my Sangyum wife and dearest friend. We met in the autumn of 1981, a bare month after my last meeting with Kunzangdorje Rinpoche in Sopema. He'd said, oh yeah, soon, maybe Kandro soon find him. Yeah, I feel really, maybe soon. And he was entirely correct. I didn't know that when I first met her. I knew that I both liked and respected her. I also trusted and valued her as a student. 
She was one of the first three people to ask me to be their Lama. The other two were Nordsen and Erdsen. Kandrad Aitchen and I met at the Lamrim Buddhist Centre in Raglan, Wales. I'd been asked to teach there by Getsulama Sutram Zangmo, a Karma Kagyu nun of Cockney extraction. She and her mother had both taken nun's ordination from the 16th Gyalwa Karmapa, and they were fine ladies, both. They'd brought Geshe Damcho Yunten over from India and established the centre for him. Kandrad Aitchen was attending a weekend there and saw the notification of a weekend retreat that I was to give. She was unaccountably interested in the name Padmasambhava that appeared on the retreat information. She attended her first retreat and became a student immediately thereafter. Then, after some years had passed, we discovered that we were extremely good friends. There's a story here, as you can imagine, but it's not one that needs to be told here. Suffice it to say that we married and lived happily ever after. One of us will die at some point, and that won't be joyful. But in the meantime, we're everything two people could be to each other. We now teach as a teaching couple. Kandrad Aitchen has become a highly skilled tanka painter and teaches tanka painting to our students. My only sadness was that she'd never met Dujam Rinpoche. She received Dorje Purva empowerment from Dilgo Kyentse Rinpoche, but was never able to speak with him directly. She met Yeshe Dorje Rinpoche briefly at the teachings and empowerments he gave in Cardiff in 84. But her experience was not what mine had been in Macleod Ganj. She'd not been able to make Vajra weapons with Indian scissors as hail pelted down like frenzied castanets on a roof made of hammered out oil cans. Perhaps that doesn't sound like an experience to be envied, but sometimes discomfort is of no great consequence when it's combined with inspiration. With Chimmy Riggs in Rinpoche, however, the situation was different. Kandrod Aitchen was able to spend intimate time with him. She has fond memories of him. That Kyabje Dujan Rinpoche had passed away before she had a chance to meet him could not be remedied. But Kunzandorje Rinpoche was still out there in the world somewhere. He was probably sitting in some small room in an ancient wood frame house that smelt of burning pine needles. Maybe he was in Sopema, maybe Boda, maybe Darjeeling, Kalimpong, Gangtok, Tashiding, Gyalshing, or Pema Yangtze. Who knows where? There was just no clue as to where that was and how I would ever find him again. I wanted to say, Rinpoche, it was just as you said it would be. I found my Kandro. I did indeed say it, but I spoke my words into space. 
1992, the possibility of ever seeing Rinpoche again had become nebulous. It was a possibility that existed wistfully in my waking state and hovered within my dreams. I'd grown accustomed to the notion that I'd probably have to wait till some other life. At that time, however, Candida Aitchen and I decided to make a pilgrimage with our students. Our destination was Leh in Ladakh. We'd travel by foot from a point at the end of the road beyond Manali to Padam in Zanskar. From Padam, we'd hire a bus to take us to Leh. If things worked out extremely well, we might just find Kunzangdorje Rinpoche in Manali or Leh. We walk through Lahul, Spiti and Zanskar into Ladakh, visiting Yingmar and Drukpa Kagyu Gompas en route. It was quite an adventure. The joke amongst our students was that this was the trip that put the grim in pilgrimage, as far as the walking was concerned. Now, of course, everyone who endured the hardships of that journey revels in reminiscing about it. They now delightedly recall the song parodies we sung. Humour is a great balm when Delhi Belly makes the going rough. Try singing this to the melody of Desmond Decker's song, Israelites. Greasy omelette for breakfast and plate of cold rice. The issue of my bowels is a terrible sight. Oh, light. Or maybe, Imodium the wonder drug to the melody of champion the wonder horse our pilgrimage had been organized by monks of the aporum gompa in manali those monks were really fine fellows and we liked them a great deal they were hardy humorous and inspired Kunzangdorje Rinpoche told me that there were good monks to be found, as well as Tomyors, and these monks were the proof of it. The Apol Rinpoche monks practised Tumo and really accomplished the result. I had extremely good connections at the Apol Rinpoche Gompa, as I'd known Say Rinpoche when he was a teenager in Manali. I had fond memories of riding on the back of his motorcycle. We had some wild rides on which I'd had trouble keeping my shunt up under control. I was accustomed to riding motorcycles from my teenage years, but I'd never tried it with billowing skirts before. Say Rinpoche was the son of the amazing yogi Apo Rinpoche, after whom the Gompa was affectionately named. We began our pilgrimage at Aporumshe Gompa, where we met with Geigen Kientse Rumshe. He was a superb lama. He had no claim to fame in terms of lineage history, but he received fantastic respect from most of the great lamas simply for being who he was, 
a profound yogi. At that time, he was physically experiencing senility, but it had no effect on his mind in terms of the nature of mind. His brain no longer operated as effectively, but he was able to override its deficiencies with respect to expressing the nature of reality. He couldn't remember the names of the monks who served his meals, but when he taught, he was impeccable. We sat in the shrine room with him for a group audience prior to our departure. There was not much to say and the atmosphere was a little vague. Then it occurred to Candlade to ask everyone to introduce themselves by name and from whence they came. This was ideal, of course, because that makes ideal Tibetan conversation. One of the first to speak was a fellow called Roland, and this caused Gagan Kientse Rinpoche great mirth. Roland sounds pretty much like Rolang, which in Tibetan means zombie. Gagan Kientse Rinpoche said he'd never met a Rolang before, but that he was pleased to meet with one on this occasion. It is told that Dokyense Yeshe Dorje used to have a zombie as his porter, Gagen Rinpoche remarked. The Roland was very strong and carried all Dokyense Yeshe Dorje's luggage. You will be very useful on this pilgrimage to Leh. We set out and eventually crossed the Rotan Pass into Zanskar. It was a long journey. It was arduous, delightful and strange. Crossing the Rotan Pass, an Indian gentleman in another party making filet died of altitude sickness. He should have turned back. Anyhow, they'd strapped his corpse to a horse and the horse was getting the jitters about what was on its back. In the end, the whole party got the jitters and then dumped the body ignominiously some 20 yards off the side of the road. I knew my duty and therefore I went over to sit with the corpse. The members of the other party were full of dire warnings. Keep away, Rinpoche, that man has become Roland. He will kill you. I was, after all, only an Inji Lama. It'll be all right, I told them. It's my duty to help him if I can. Indeed, it was fine for me at least. I sat with him for 20 minutes and they were somewhat amazed that I survived. Whether I was of use to him or not, I don't know, but my prestige rose notably, even though I'd done nothing but sit with the corpse. I did perform power, but the outcome is anyone's guess. As in all things, I merely tried to do my best. They used to tell me quite often at school, but your best is not good enough. So, the Indian gentleman may not have received perfect help in his condition. The least that can be said is that everyone seemed contented with my efforts. They could all sleep soundly because there'd be no goddamn Roland to nibble them in the night. 
The poor fellow concerned was considered to have been highly fortunate that the Inji Lama was on hand. After some days of gruelling foot slog amidst fabulous mountains, we arrived in Padam. Kandudachan and I gave an empowerment in the great charnel ground near Padam in Zanskar, with ritual appurtenances lent by the Sani Gumpa, which was of the Drupakagya school in the lineage of Shakya Sri. We'd been introduced by Seyrumpshe, so all went perfectly. The empowerment of Yeshitsogyo was ostensibly for our students, but word got round beyond our pilgrimage group. This resulted in some 50 local villagers attending the empowerment. We had to open up the tent flap so that they could all see the stages of the empowerment. We were substantially moved by that experience. It gave us the real sense that Vajrayana is universal, beyond time, place and nationality. It took me back to the time I'd first stayed in Sobhema and circumambulated the lake with Kunchok Rinpoche. Suffice it to say that it caused me to look at my life from a different perspective one in which the familiar and unfamiliar oscillate. Ordinary is whatever happens to be happening for long enough to get used to it.